and Jay Hood. Weekday mornings at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We're with you until 10 o'clock, and then it'll be Mike Greenberg at 10. Carmen and Yurko, 12 to 2. Waddle and Sylvie from 2 to 6. Black and Abdallah, 6 to 8, right into Freddie and Fitzsimmons at 8 o'clock right here on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. That's where you can watch the show and all the shows here at ESPN Chicago. And so... You know, Cap, one of the more underrated shows, and by the way, we did have a winner for our tickets, by the way. What was the name? Aaron? Was that his name, Shay? Aaron and Morris. Aaron and Morris was the winner of the tickets, and, uh, and so he knew that you worked at ESPN 1000 twice. Actually, I worked at AM 1000 twice. ESPN took over after I left. It was, what was the name of that company? Uh, Evergreen Media. Mm-hmm. I was with Norm Van Leer. That was yesterday's question. My first partner. Overnights. Yes. The store. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So you were on the signal twice. Correct. All right. So he, one he knew that. It wasn't NBC Sports Chicago. It wasn't anywhere else. It was here. You've been here twice. That is correct. All right. So we'll give away another pair of tickets coming up. Uh, tomorrow at 8.50 right here on ESPN 1000. Opportunity for you to be part of our 25th anniversary celebration on Friday, March 24th at uh, 11 a.m. That's when the doors open at the House of Blues. Again, for tickets, LiveNation.com. Search ESPN Chicago. One of the um, show, the underrated shows that you've ever hosted was that memorabilia show you used to do on NBC Sports Chicago. Oh, a piece of the game. I love that show. That show was so much fun to do. I could tell because the genuine nature of you standing there looking at all these things and just like the camera cuts to you and you're just like, whoa, I never even thought that that was a thing. Or you were surprised at the price or at how wonderful some of these items were that you were showcasing on that program. Yeah, there were some amazing Jesse Owens getting his gold medal. Yeah. And his family, uh, he's long gone, obviously, but some of his descendants were there, and they talked about that he had said that horrible man, the Olympics were in Germany, was right there, and he had to look down on Jesse Owens getting the gold medal. And I literally got to hold his gold medal. Dude, it it was insane, some of the stuff we found. When you hold memorabilia like that, you're thinking to yourself, Man, what did Jackie, uh, what did uh, Jesse Owens, what did he think? Like, if this thing could talk. Yeah. What do you think that Jesse Owens was thinking, like, in front of Hitler? Yep. And, and him accomplishing that as a black man during that time. Right. I'm sure that in your mind you're like, wow, there's power in this. Oh, my God. It's yeah. like it gave you chills. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy told the story. He went in. He buys stuff. Like, he'll go to Salvation Armies and Goodwills and... Um, garage sales, all that, estate sales, and look for bargains anywhere. That's his hobby. And he went into, like, a Salvation Army, and he, they sell, like, old clothes by the pound. Mm-hmm. He found one sweater and had some holes in it, but it had a big A Letterman sweater. He's like, that's cool. I'm going to buy that. 50 cents. He's at home, and his wife says, hey. I was just looking something up about the sweater you bought. Look at this one I just found. It looks just like yours. Mm-hmm. He, it has a name inside. He looks on his. He goes, oh, my God. That's the one I bought for 50 cents. It was Vince Lombardi's Letterman sweater from, the, from West Point. Oh. Yes. Wow. 50 cents. 
Really cool stuff. I wonder, I wonder, Cap, as we move forward, you know, through our lives, mm-hmm. if, if people of the next generation mm-hmm. is keeping items like they did 10, 20, 50 years ago in an attic. You know, when you get new families coming in, do they even have memorabilia like that? Like it was great things from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. I wonder, do you still have, will we still have that with younger families? Will they still be able to? That's a great question. And the other thing is, too, will they be able to understand and cherish great items like that? Over the next 20, 30 years, like Shay's family, like Shay, Shay's into uh, collecting baseball cards. Mm-hmm. So he understands the value of memorabilia. But others in his generation, will they be able to understand, hey, I got I got a family now and I got all these artifacts, all these great items in my attic. Will that still be a thing like it is for us? You're a baby boomer. I'm a generation Xer. And we under, I, I still have my mom left kept all the newspapers from the Bulls championships. Sometimes I brought a few in for you, mm-hmm. just some of the memorabilia that she had in a trunk. Mm-hmm. And so I have value with that. When we move, the, all that stuff's coming with me. I'm not going to uh-huh. leave that behind. No. So I was covering the day the Ricketts family took over the ownership of the Cubs. October 30, 2009. I had that anchor on then Comcast Sportsnet. And he finishes his speech. I do my stand-up. From Wrigley Field, David Kaplan, Comcast Sports. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're good. We pack our stuff up, and they start breaking down the setup. It was in, like, the Captain Morgan Club, now yeah. where DraftKings is building, because mm-hmm. the stadium was under construction. And I look, and they throw these papers into the garbage. What is that? It's his speech. Mm-hmm. We're going to win the World Series. We're going to be good neighbors. We're going to do this. We're going to save Wrigley Field. Pulled it right out of the garbage. It's in a safe deposit box. I've had multiple people try to buy it from me. Mm. Still have it. There's value there. There is. Yes. Yes. Because he makes the initial speech almost a a stump speech like a president. Correct. (laughs) Right? Correct. (laughs) There's only one copy of it, and I've got it. Yeah. So. So they got to name their price, right? Got to name their price. Okay. So now when we talk about this, Shay, there's another memorabilia item that we have to mention. This comes up from time to time, but this one hits home to Chicagoans. Yeah, I was reading this story this morning. So this guy, Mike Cole, lives in Connecticut, Mm -hmm. was at Michael Jordan's debut game, and he kept his ticket. Now, most of the tickets, I think there's like 30 of them from that game. Uh, Most of them don't have the, they have the stub removed, so the perforation's gone. There's no logo on it. Somehow this guy's ticket, fully intact. So this is a one-of-one item. And it was worth half a million dollars. And I'm going through this story where he's putting it up for auction. And the part that stood out to me was, as he's hand, this is the quote. Even as he stretched his arm to give the ticket to a man wearing a bulletproof vest and a Glock on his waistband bound for heritage auctions in Dallas, he wasn't totally convinced parting with it was the right thing to do. So then I started thinking, and Cap brought up this letter, or the speech, and it's, if you have this one of one item that's so personal to you, and one like being at Michael Jordan's debut game and having the only intact ticket, could you sell it? Yes. Something so important to you. If the phone rang today and it was whoever, Tom Ricketts or some collector, he said, Okay, how much you want? And he gave me like an offer that would change my life. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd sell it. Sitting in a safe deposit box, what's it doing for me there? Mm-hmm. But if somebody offered me something, you know, I'll give you whatever. No. Yeah. I'll hang on to it. Some would look at memories that are more valuable than money, as you well know. True. So, some that have these, you know, whether it's cards or whether it's this ticket for uh, Jordan's first game, Cap, some would look at it and just say, I just like to look at it every day. I just know I have it, and so I'm not going to give it up because it's my memory of the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. But at some point, Cap, you have to say, how much is this really worth? And then you have to figure out, is the juice worth the squeeze? Should I hold? I'm not going to, am I, they're not going to bury me with this thing. Am I going to die without it? Right? So, so my thought is, is that at some point, I would sell it to the highest bidder. Because you're afraid you're not going to... Well, if I die, you'll just... Where would it go? Your wife. Like I said, where would it go? Right. <laughs> but maybe That's there's right. more value. Like, you yeah. can't just settle. Like, you got to have a price in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a price in my mind. Just one thing about Mike Cole, as, as, as uh, Shay just mentioned. Did he work in the front office? How does he have the ticket intact? Because when you go through the turnstiles... <laughs> There you go. There's your ticket. Right. How now you, it's all on your phone. How do you do that? Did he work in the front office? Because who, keep, who keeps a, a, a ticket intact? Okay, but Unless what, a ticket taker okay, just missed. What, what if I bought two tickets for opening night? Or four, let's say four tickets. Right. You, me, Shay, and Jay Moore. We're going to go see Michael Jordan, this young rookie, his first game. Right. And at 6 o'clock, Jay Moore texts, Hey, one of my kids has the flu. I can't go. I can't get anybody else this late. All right, the three of us will go. I have his extra tickets in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah, that's what you think happened. Yeah. That there was an extra ticket that was never taken. Yeah. And he probably had an empty seat next to him. Yes. And it says, I'm going to keep this. Yes. He didn't have to. Uh, listen, as great as Jordan was in college, I don't know if anyone I, I, besides him really knew the value of that ticket. It's just his opening game. Like, ah, uh, it's Jordan's first game. Bulls aren't very good, but it's Jordan's first game. Nobody knew Jordan was going to be that great they coming knew out of college. He was good. They know he's going to be like that, though. And they shot. He, I think he shot five of sixteen that night. He was not good in that game, even. Yeah. And now yeah. that ticket's worth half a million. Yeah, you, you would have wanted to move on already. All right. By the way, <laughs> another thing that's coming to me now as we talk about this: are we, Have we lost something in sports? Where, like, you're talking about you go through the turnstile, you get the rip, you smell the popcorn, all this nice stuff. Now, it's all on this smartphone. Yes. And you walk through and you don't get the rip anymore. You get the ding, ding. Yes. Nobody likes that. Right. Right. So what? So you can't sell the phone, can't sell that, that QR code, Cap. See the difference? Yeah. We came up in the right era. Although, my wife and I went to see the Chiefs and Bengals in the AFC title game. Mm-hmm. So the ticket was on my phone. Yep. For the two of us. They send you something after the fact. If you would like a copy of the ticket, there's a way to get it. I, I, it's too bad that you had to go through all that, you though. You have to purchase it, but you can get it. Michelle Someplace has, like, all of our movie tickets when we were dating. That's cool. I mean, so all of them right into the first few years. Of but, again, you had the hard ticket at that time. Now, you, know, you can't sell your QR code. That's correct. not worth anything. Yeah. Screenshot it. You know what yeah. my uh, brother-in-law did? Every game he's gone to from like when he started college, mm-hmm. every game, and he goes a lot, he saved the ticket stub, and he had a bar made where it's got like acrylic, 
and all the tickets are in there. It's really cool. So let's ask let's ask this question. Shay, let's open the phone lines here in our nine o'clock hour. Three one two three three two ESPN. Three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Uh, you have one of one when it comes to memorabilia, an item that's worth a half million dollars. Could you sell it? And also, do you miss the physical tickets to be able to keep? Let's get your thoughts in on that. Michael Jordan's first game. This guy has the full ticket worth a half million dollars. Would you sell it? How do you handle that? Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Okay, it's about that time. You're tuned in to the Cap and Jay Hood Show. Everything ain't hardcore, you know. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. There's no crook. There's no head. Doing it like this. It's the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Glad that you're with us. That same ESPN Chicago app where you can find basketball. You, Tyler Aki, Shay Norling, break down college basketball for you. Their show airs Sunday mornings on ESPN 1000, but catch the podcast as we get closer and closer to March Madness. Listen to those guys for all you need for March Madness exclusively on the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. We're talking to you about uh, the Michael Jordan memorabilia. There's a guy, Mike Cole, that has the ticket, clear ticket of uh, Michael Jordan's first game in the NBA. How about that, Cap? And it's worth $500,000. Crazy. At some point, right? You're looking for the highest bidder. But, like, that's life-changing money for some people. Like, I think back. He's in Connecticut, is it, Shay? He's in Connecticut? Okay, so that's a down payment. That's uh, that's one month's uh, yeah. for, for the mortgage. Okay, so I was coaching. I moved to what's called the 6-4 and under pro league. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Express. Sure. I'm running that team. And I get a phone call one day. Secretary goes, uh, yeah, you have a call on line one. Yellow. Yeah, Cap, this is Michael Jordan. And I know the voice. Yeah. This is 1987, so he's big, but he ain't the GOAT yet. Right. And that's a good personally. Yeah. So you know who it is when he, when he calls. Yeah. And I said, hey, Michael, what's up? Can you come out to my house tonight? I had to talk to you about some business. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. He lived at the time off of Dundee uh, in a place called Villa Salcida up in Northbrook. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. I show up. Door opens. It's Charles Oakley at the door. Sure. Excuse me, Michael here? Yeah, we're shooting pool. It was Charles Oakley. I'm trying to remember who else was there. I think was Brad Sellers there? He, he might have been. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of these. <laughs> Brad Sellers there. And, and I show up, and I walk in, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And Michael says, uh, hey, man, you're running this 6'4 and under team? I got a brother. He's five foot eight, five foot nine. jump out of the gym. I'd like him to get a tryout. He's not asking me to put him on the team. And he said, and in exchange for the, anything you need, I got you. Hmm. Michael Jordan. Now, I am not friends with Michael. I haven't stayed in top, played golf with him a few times. Dude, he said, you need anything, anything I can do for you? Going back, if I'd have said, yeah, can I have one game-used uniform? Do you know what that that would be? Oh, man. Oh, man. Right? Yeah, I mean, we're bold enough to ask that now. 
But at the time, you're just doing business. You're not trying to be like them super fans. Some, right. I didn't ask for anything. Yeah. Not a thing. So Mike Brown was in there. Was he in the room too? Brad Sellers, remember. Michael, and Oakley. Was a young Scott Pippen? Was he there? A young Scott Pippen was not there. Okay. This was, I'm going to tell you when it was. Sedale Treat, how are you? Cap, how are you? This was, like, was a Balding Granville Waiters, was he there? He was not there. Okay. This was like, Michael played in a game at the Horizon, like an all-star game, now All-State Arena. Mm -hmm. And that's where I first had ever really had, like, contact with him. And then he called. Oh. He's like, here's my cell. And yes. Wow. Yeah. Didn't ask for the And four or five times, if you need anything, I got you. Right. And didn't. Can you imagine if I had said, can I have a game-used uniform and shoes I want to display in my house? Dude, he'd have gone upstairs and gotten them. He yes. basically offered. Yes. You know what that'd be worth? Yes. Unfortunately for you, you would have got Sam Vincent's, and that wouldn't have been good enough. Yeah, here. Enos Watley's left his jersey here. 312-332-ESPN, <laughs> 332-3776 is our phone number. Asking you, guy's name is Mike Cole, right, Shay? Mike Cole from Connecticut. That's right. $500,000 is that first ticket for Michael Jordan's first game. So would you sell it? How Could, could you part with it? All right, let's go to the phone lines and but talk to you. But what's it doing for you? I mean, but like I said, some people just like the item to be able to wake up and say, I got it. Yeah. Some. Okay. Even in the article, too, it says he didn't even know it was valuable. It was just oh a memory that he was hanging on to. The only reason he had it was because he was at Michael Jordan's debut game. That's awesome. You get to keep the ticket. And then he saw, he woke up on one morning and saw in the news that a uh, ticket without the stub from the same game sold for like 250 grand. And he's like, oh, I might have to get rid of this thing. Okay, is he a moron? Does he not understand? Like, is Michael Jordan's first game, was he in a coma for 30 years? Not realizing that maybe something to do with Michael Jordan memorabilia might be worth something. Hello? Right. I hope he kept it in good condition. Clearly it did. He must have kept it someplace nice. Correct. Cap, you're not sure if it's worth anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people have a blind spot for that, but you would think it's Michael Jordan. Correct. It's a perfect ticket, not torn. Might be worth something. That's correct. Jeez. That's why you had your show. <laughs> Piece of the game, man. Don Dupree, that was the guy who put the show together? Yeah. Oh, my God. The memorabilia that dude came up with was unreal. Let's go to the phone lines to talk to you. South Bend, Indiana. Here's Brian on ESPN 1000 on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. How you doing today? We're great. Thanks for checking in. Hey, so Brian in South Bend. I've called before. Cap, same guy from Columbus, the Ohio State Justin Fields guy. Yep. Um, my earliest memories of watching pro football are watching Walter Payton. I'm the same age as Jarrett Payton. And when I was a kid in 93, my father took me to go see Walter get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So I still have the ticket stub and the game program from that day. Uh, it, I don't know if that would be a one-of-one, one, but a pretty cool and awesome memory, obviously, getting to see Jared give the speech on the hall, on the hall steps there because they still did the inductions on the steps back in those days and see Walter – get inducted and my dad took me to that so awesome day i don't know if it would be worth anything or not i don't know if i'd be willing to sell it or not but it's still still uh still a great piece of memorabilia to have i think you have a price though don't you bry uh 
I, we all do. It, it has to be. A, it would have to be a pretty lucrative price. I have tons of Walter Payton memorabilia, tons of Bears memorabilia. I mean, in general, but it, it would have to be. It would have to be pretty uh, a pretty nice price to part ways with that. All right, Brian. We appreciate the phone call. Do we, uh, Shay? Is Tom Morgan still on the air here Saturday mornings? Just just one Google, just one search of the Outlook. Is he still with us? Because Tom Tom Morgan. Go ahead. I don't think right now. I I have, we'd have to ask upstairs. I imagine that show is starting again soon, but right now I don't think it's happening. It's kind of, just shoot me a text. It's, it's like a seasonal show with Tom Morgan because he knows. Ah, that's a nice item. Bring it to the store. He's always that guy. Right? Tom knows. Tom Morgan. He would know if it's. Uh, it, I would say Hall of Famer cap. I'd say it's valuable. It's Walter. Yeah. I would think so. But see, Brian is very similar to what I just told you moments ago. Some just hold on to it because it's like, man, look at my man cave. Look at this. You bring family over, bring friends over. Look at that. That's George. Walter signed this and Walter signed. I mean, people like to display stuff. So I used to have a thing. If you came in studio to do an interview with me or, you know, we had some. It wasn't like I went stalking for for um, autographs. Autographs. Mm-hmm. But if you came in, sat in the studio with me or at Wrigley, I always had a golf ball in my backpack. Would you sign this golf ball? You didn't have to be a golfer. Right. I've got Walter Payton on a golf ball. i got Stan Musial on a golf ball. Yeah. Dude, that's, there's value there. There's value. You, you know that. You're just not going to give it up yet. No. But at some point, Cap. Someday. <laughs> at some point. Got it under lock and key. <laughs> All of that, huh? Yeah. Just like a whole memorabilia thing yeah. on the, at the bank. With the Drysdales. Just the, the good golf balls, I mean. Harry Carey. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cool ones. Now you spelled it backwards, Harry? Did he spell his name backwards? No, C-A-R-E-Y, <laughs> like yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott in South Elgin on ESP to 1000. All right, Scott. Hey, morning, boys. How you doing today? What's up? I'm your uh, I'm your happy moral victory Monday guy from the Bears season, so it's yes. nice talking back to you guys again. Yes. Um, huge collector. I've got over 200 Fields rookie cards. i got Briggs, Erlacher, Forte, Tillman, all hanging on my wall. Most most precious item I've got, uh, probably about 20 years ago, uh, it was in Elgin, Illinois, at a Meyer. Magic Johnson was promoting his new shoe and doing a signing. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, he, uh, he said, hey, kids, we're going to go over to Export in St. Charles and play pickup basketball. So after that, after getting the ball signed, went over and played pickup basketball with uh, with Irvin Magic Johnson for roughly two two and a half hours. Not I come down every day, look at the man cave, look at and I just see that box sitting there. Kind of just puts a smile on my face. Probably something I'll never never get rid of. I've got three boys that'll get passed down, but that's one item I don't think I'll ever part with. Well, your well your sons understand the value. Oh yes, I have uh, my nine-year-old. Even now, he collects Pokemon cards, and as soon as he gets something good, it immediately goes in a top loader. He's like, "I got to protect this. I got to make sure it stays in good shape." So they they're they're getting the concept of it. That's good. That's good. Having a value, understanding that hey, you could go through tough times, but at least you have this mm-hmm. if you need to sell it, right? Never know, right? So that's why that's. But again, like Brian and like Scott, I'm going to hold on to this as long as I can, and then pass it down. Maybe never sell it. Now you and I looking at it a little differently, saying, "Hmm." So the highest bidder, what if? Right, right. What like, if? Like I think back to, through my career of people that we we didn't have iPhones. I didn't no. carry a camera. The people that I got to interact with that I don't have pictures with. Oh my God. I feel the same way, and I've never been an autograph guy. I like the personal touch of having a conversation. Yeah. Then I can tell people, hey, you know what? I just ran into blah, blah, blah. 
Right. But I never really thought about like pictures or autographs of because we've been blessed, you and I. Very and we blessed. continue to be blessed to be able to meet a lot of people in high places in our careers. Mm-hmm. Never thought about like, hey, take a picture with me or take, let me get your autograph. Like I've never I always thought that was intrusive. But whenever we have somebody here in the studio, we always take a photo. Yes. They joined us. On, we took a picture with Ryan Poles. Mm-hmm. Like, think back if you could go back to the start of your oh, career. Wow. Yeah. Or if I could go back to the start of my basketball career, the people I interacted or came in touch with. Right. That I got no other than my memory, nothing. I just didn't ask. Yeah. 312 is our phone number. I was talking to you about memorabilia. Is there something that you're holding on to right now that you say I'll never part with? $500,000 for Michael Jordan's first game, that ticket. An amazing, amazing achievement to keep it intact and to be able to sell it for a half million dollars. Oh, man. Yeah. We'll get to, to your phone calls on that. And still to come, is Storling too old to still be doing this? All part of the mix on the Cap and J. Hood Morning Show. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and J. Hood. Good morning, Chicago. The Sox and the Cubs both picked up spring training victories yesterday with the Sox beating Milwaukee 5-2 and the Cubs taking down the Texas Rangers by the score of 9-6. The Bulls are back in action tonight against Denver where they take on Jokic and the Nuggets. The Bulls are an eight-point underdog in the game. The Baltimore Ravens placed a non-exclusive franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson, meaning any interested suitors will need to trade two first-round picks to get Lamar. Bill Barnwell of ESPN Plus ranked the top destinations as Atlanta, Carolina, Jets, and Indianapolis. Aaron Rodgers and that whole Aaron Rodgers watch is a full go after the Jets' top brass met him in California yesterday. Jay Moore. Good morning. Glad you're along for the Captain Jay Hood experience. We're here weekdays from 7 to 10 on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN. Hello. Chicago. Good morning. the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you in here on this Wednesday morning. Uh, Jay Moore, how dope would it be for Lamar Jackson to be in with the Atlanta Falcons? Think about that black uniform with the, the red, like Michael Vick wore back in the Dirty Birds days. Yeah, that'd be super dope. It'd be a hot seller. Like, like Lamar Jackson, like... In the same uniform as Michael Vick, like 2.0, kind of the same guy. That would be interesting to see. I could see it. That would be good. Uh, sidebar, may I approach? Uh, we were just reminiscing about how dope a uniform is, and then here you come, shuffling in. Correct. Put my is, beak in there. Is it, is, it, is it about the uniform? Is it about the Atlanta Falcons and the connection with Lamar Jackson? It is not, but it's back to a previous topic that you were eloquent on. Oh, I was due for one. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what is it? So this guy, Jose de Colis. Okay, wait careful now. Is listen- I got it right. Okay. Is listening. He says, probably not worth anything, but it's my own personal memorabilia. I worked at the Starbucks at Water Tower. Yep. And a cup and Sharpie was the only thing I ever had and ran into multiple players, mostly baseball, because they stay at the Ritz usually down there mm-hmm. or the Westin. Couple of Hall of Famers in there as well. He's got uh, four... Nine, ten, 11 cups. There's Clayton Kershaw, and he got a picture with him with the cup. He's got them all displayed. Madison Bumgarner. Like, there's some really cool ones he's got here. He's got some Hall of Famers there. Yes. I believe. Yes. 
So you definitely keep all that stuff. Oh, 100%. Keep all that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fun. But I don't know if it's worth it, but it's his cool collection. Yeah, no, it's If their names, if he's got pictures, I think they're going to be worth something. It's cool. Those are big names there. You just gave me a few. That's good. Mm-hmm. So, Jay Moore, one other thing before we go to the phone lines. So, for those that don't know, Jay Moore has spent a lot of time uh, with music. He uh, can vote on the Grammys. Yes. And so he knows, he knows about the music. So, your days of being a jock... And being a, an executive producer, you know, around a lot of musicians, you had every opportunity to get autographs and pictures. Was that a thing for you? Well, being in the industry, nah. You know, at first, you know, coming up, trying to get in the industry, yeah. But once I got in there, it was kind of like second nature. It's awkward, though, isn't it? Very. You, you did, because you primarily, especially in dealing with artists, with music artists, you're just doing business, and you have a, a relationship with them. You might have their number or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it, it does feel a little strange where it's like we're working together. We're collabing on an album, or I'm trying to promote your album. And by the way, can I get your autograph on this right quick? <laughs> yeah, just don't fly. That. It's kind of it's, – it's always been like that for me too, though, Cap. I just like the one-on-one relationship. To, to say I've had dinner with you or I met you someplace, something like that. But I've never been an autograph hound guy. Uh, a buddy of mine's a doctor. He gets a call. Can you please see this person? We're going to get him in right now. He hurt his back. This guy does MRIs. Mm-hmm. Radiologist. He said, yeah, bring him over. He sa- they said, okay, can you please put him in your office because he'll get mobbed in the waiting room. He said, oh, okay. They bring him right in, right into his office. And he's waiting in there. He comes in and goes, name? He's like, uh, fills out the little form. And he, he looks at him and goes, it's an unusual name, Springsteen. Uh, I never heard. He didn't know who he was. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yes. Yeah. So he said, now, what do you do? I'm a singer. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. He said, I got to text my kids and ask them if they know. Oh, my God. They said, you got Bruce Springsteen in there? <laughs> so he sends one of his secretaries to Borders or Barnes and Noble, buy a CD. Yeah. Brings it back. Of course, Bruce cracks it trying to take the wrapping off. Of course. But he signs it for him and gives it to him. Yeah. Never That's heard an unusual name, Springsteen. How does that happen, right? Uh, Just yeah. by osmosis. If you're like a New York Times reader or like Wall Street Journal, you'd see Springsteen at some point. Correct. If you're not in entertainment or whatever, you'd still see that name. Correct. Maybe on, I don't know, on a marquee when you're driving around, maybe you see that mark. Whew. Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Tim in Chicago Heights on ESPN one thousand. Good morning, Tim. It's Jim. Hello, Jim. It's I have a autograph photo from Groucho Marx. I sent a birthday card to him in back in seventy four. Right. right before he died, and he sent me an autograph photo with the. I, I still have the envelope, and I called up Tom Show on a Saturday morning, a few months back, and he said that. It's probably worth between two and three thousand dollars. How about that, Groucho Marx? Thanks, Jim. You know what Edzo got? What's that? Edzo is at the airport going to do a game. Mm-hmm. He's going up the escalator. Another guy's going down at O'Hare United. Mm-hmm. He looks. He goes, "Oh my God!" He runs around and goes back down the escalator. Runs up to him, Eddie Olchek. He says, "Excuse me, are you Ox Baker?" Yeah. <laughs> the wrestler, yes. The wrestler. And he said, I am. You want a picture, young man? 
He said, sure. Eddie said he opens up, not a backpack, like a br- those old school briefcases. Oh, yeah. The leather ones. He said he opens it up. He's just got a stack of pictures in there. That's it. Oh, my God. Takes one out. He writes, what's your name? Eddie. To Ed Ox. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Six letters. It's pretty easy. To Ed Ox. Correct. Easy. That must be during one of his baby face runs because he was a heel for a long time. He He created a riot in Cleveland. Remind me to send you that video. Chairs being thrown. He had to run out because he caused a riot. He had the old heart punch. Yeah. He just kept hitting Ernie Ladd in the chest with that big, heart big punch. Cat. He just kept hitting him, right? Mm-hmm. And the crowd just stood up and was like, you can't do that to Ernie. And he just kept hitting him in the chest, kept hitting him in the heart. And, and all of a sudden, chairs are flying everywhere. And there's Ox running out of Cleveland, out of the arena, because they were coming after him. They were chasing him out of the arena. That's real heat, brother. I got to see it. That's real. I'm going to send that to you. It's on I YouTube. See it. I got to see it. Shea Norling, uh, in, is Snorling too old to still be doing this? Now, could you explain to me what's going on with you? Because, I mean, you, you're you still a young man, but you have old tendencies. You're an old soul at some things. Yeah, but not here. I'm 28 years old, and last week I made a change in my life uh, that I, it made me think. Maybe I was too old to still be doing this in the first place. Last week, for the first time in my life, uh, I got my own cell phone plan. So my parents, for the first time, are no longer paying for my cell phone. And I started thinking, this maybe should have happened earlier. I moved out of my house pretty early. Like I was, think I was 21, 22 when I moved out. Yep. And yet, for six years, I moved out of state. My parents continued to pay for my cell phone. And I started, th- I should have moved on from this earlier. 28 feels like I'm too old for my parents to be paying for my cell phone. I want to know if I'm wrong on that. And was I too old or is there an age limit on when your parents should stop paying for your cell phone bill? Uh, when you get on your feet financially, like... If you have a child that is 28, changing jobs, whatever, and you can help them out, yeah, I got no issues with. There's not an age, but you make a good living. You're executive producer of a highly rated morning show. It's about damn time you got off your parents' dime. Uh, for me, that's, that happened as soon as I moved out. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're not going to be on this gravy train, is what they say. Yeah, You're on the, not on the gravy train anymore. Right. It's like, well, Pay I saw, your own bills. I wasn't on it, so as soon as that was done, it was me and uh, what was it back then? It was a cellular one. Cellular one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. It's Hyde Park Beepers and Cellular One for me. Or Prime Co. Prime Co. <laughs> Get yourself a Prime Co. Yeah, what Get on your own was, bill. What was Cellular One before Cellular One? There was some, either before or right after. You know, I th- if, if I'm not mistaken, Cellular One is still th- a thing in Milwaukee. Really? Was that not the arena name at, for a long time up there in Milwaukee? Might like, like, like Cellular One, not a thing in Chicago anymore. And I had to be switched over, I believe, to T-Mobile. I believe. That's what I just moved to. Yeah. So, But no, I think that, listen, as, uh, I look at it like this. As long as your parents still want to continue to support you on that, that's fine. But as a man, as a man, and you feel like you're on your own, I feel like I can take care of my own bill. Unless times are rough, Cap. But then again, if you move out, shouldn't you have a, a few dollars in the bank to pay for your own uh, phone bill? If you're making a living, at some point, you got to pay your auto insurance. Yes. You got to pay your car payment. 
Like, why is that on the parent once you get a, a regular job? Unless they're nice, like you, who's lost the fire, that says, you know I what? I have not lost the fire. You have lost it. No shot. Cap. How about that YouTube TV, Cap? Hmm? Excuse me? <laughs> Cap has lost the fire. <laughs> yeah, You've lost the fire, Cap. That's a no shot. Okay. I'm just telling you. All right. We have got the Cap and J Hood cut of the day. Don't get me started. What did I say wrong? You. Amazing. You're better than that. Cap and J Hood cut of the day is next. Our Chicago's home for sports. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. How about that, Cap? Told you. Ox Baker being chased by the people in Cleveland. Wow. It's right there on YouTube. So... Down the dial back in the day, I had Edzo in studio. We told that Ox Baker story about him getting the autograph. Mm-hmm. It isn't five minutes later, our producer goes, Ox Baker's on the phone. What? <laughs> Ox Baker. He said, You guys talking about me? Oh. Uh, we actually were. I have a friend in Chicago. He called me and said, You guys are talking about me. What are you saying? And we start talking. And we invited him in studio. He said, I'm going to be there for a card show in Chicago at the Stevens Convention Center. Oh, I'll come in the studio with you and Ed. And he ended up passing away shortly before the card show. What a scary man. You look him up, everybody. Ox Baker, one of the scariest men you'll ever see. And had the heart punch. Now time for the Cap and J Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. I'm featuring today dessert. Carrot cake. Insane, but the mint Oreo ice cream pie is a must eat. You gotta get it. All right, Jay Moore. Yo. Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. Cut it. It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. All right, cut! The Bulls are not going to the playing game. They're done, and they're going to get their arse beat tonight in Denver. When you've got Vooch publicly saying it's not going to click for us, Uh, what you just read there. The last paragraph. That's what I'm not happy with. You're, you're not gonna. So you're not gonna play any harder, huh? You're just not gonna defend any better. This is who we are. That's what that quote says. It's not. We could, we could be here all day, and I still ask you why. Because you don't have a good roster. You've got a front office that's incompetent. Let me They're just tell awful. you. This is where the fire is burned out on you. You've lost the fire. What the hell does this quote mean? Is this all we're gonna do? We're not gonna be better as a team? Why can't the light come on? Because you've had 60-some games of a sample size that tell you bad roster. Poorly, poorly put together. Period. You've lost the fire. No shot. the old cap would have said, would have kicked him into the ass and go, we're going to be better as a franchise. This cap here, grandfather cap, uh, this is what they are. Uh. Bad team. And that's all, folks. <laughs> that is the cap and J-Hood cut of the day. Brought to you by Chicago Cut Steakhouse. That's exactly right. Such a great restaurant. And to get back to what we were talking about for a second, you don't like honesty from Vooch? I like honesty, but I also want results. Well, you're not going to get them this year. It's a bad team. Well, I demand them as a fan. How about them apples? You could demand all you want, unless you're going to get out there and start rebounding and knocking down some shots. you got to keep your 
pie hole quiet and sit and watch the game night when they get their ass beat. I'm not keeping my pie hole quiet. As a fan, no shot. They're a bad team. That's fine. Cap, yes, I expect better. Would you rather Vooch had said, like, go ahead, ask me the question. I'll be Vooch. Um, What can you do to turn this season around? We just have to keep playing hard. I feel a run's coming. We're coming together. Brother, there's 23 games or whatever left. I like that he said it's not going to happen. Oh, well, then I can't, he can't be on my basketball team. We'll keep playing hard. You would not accept that as an executive, let alone as a fan. I don't know why you're taking that stance. You know that that's not right. You know that's not right. He said in there, we're going to keep playing hard and giving all we have. He but I don't think it, I think at this point, it's, it's out of our hands. We got to have so much help. Cap. He shut the water off on the season. He's right. But you can't do that as a competitor. Remember when you were that? When you had the fire? Remember? Now you're okay with it. You've never been that way. The grandfather cap is accepting now. I'm not and accepting. I'm- I like the honesty. He's still going to play hard. He'll be out there busting his butt again. Give you a double-double, and they'll lose tonight to a really good Denver team. Coach Cap would not accept that. And I don't know what happened to that guy, but that guy would not accept that. You would, you'd bring his ass in. Sit down for a second. So the rest of the season's a wash? Is that what you're saying? I never said that. No, I'm saying that that's what you would say. No, I'm saying I'm yeah. Vooch. Yeah. I never said that. I said we're going to keep playing hard, but guess what? It's out of our hands now. we got to have so much help to get in. Probably not going to happen. got to help yourself. Right? That's what you tell them. We've got to help ourselves. Don't worry about the rest of the teams. What about us? How can we get? How can we get better? Then we're not getting in the playoffs. Okay. Got to have help. That's uh, what I'm telling. I'm just telling you that you wouldn't be that way. Grandfather Cap now is good with it, but the old Cap, no shot. Right? Yeah. You lost the fire. No shot. <laughs> the fire doesn't burn anymore. No shot. <laughs> Cap has lost the fire. No chance. Accepting of the Bulls and their mediocrity. It's a bad team. That's what's happened. Bad team, bad team, and this front office is worse than what they replaced. And that's a big statement. Can I ask you a question? Why are some people dumb? I don't know. Could you, could you help me with that? I told you a week ago that uh, Peacock and I went to go see Cocaine Bear yes. in Crestwood, right? Yeah, my wife now wants to go because I told her you guys went. Do it with gummies and a driver. It's the best, wow. way, to, the best way to enjoy that because it's what it is, right? Well, if I say Cocaine Bear, mm-hmm. Cocaine Bear, what stands out? If I just say Cocaine Bear, what do you think the movie's about? Like some big drug dealer. A drug dealer, you know drugs is involved because cocaine's in the title, right? Correct, but I don't think it's like an animal with cocaine. I just think it's like the bear. He's a huge dealer for the cartel. I read a story this morning before we came in. New York uh, Post. Parents are mad at cocaine bear. I brought my child to see cocaine bear, and this is not what I... What do you think it is? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a cocaine bear. It's a bear on cocaine. Correct. Do you think it's Winnie the freaking Pooh? <laughs> You think that's what it is? Or you think Smokey the Bear? Smokey the Bear? <laughs> I think it's Woody with a little with a little red shirt I showing his tummy. I love it. Cap, it's Cocaine Bear. You're, you're mad because your kids saw Cocaine Bear. What do you think is going to happen? I want you to do a little homework, mom and dad, before you take the kid to see the movie. My God, it's Ray Liotta's, I believe, last movie. 
So we thank you for listening and being part of the program here and twitching on Captain J. Hood. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Jay Moore. How about you and I do this tomorrow? Let's do it. I had a lot of fun. Good to be back with you. All right. From 7 to 10, join us. And don't forget the podcast for Captain J. Hood on the ESPN Chicago app. We'll talk to you Thursday. So long, everybody. Take that. From Chicago. 